Support for this podcast is brought to you by Hyde's Dungeon, written by Yumila Abraham and performed by yours truly. Hyde's Dungeon is a male-for-male erotic dungeon BDSM piece and is a lot of fun. You can find it on Audible by searching for either Hyde's Dungeon or The Grey Knight. There is a sneak peek available at the end of the episode and on with the show. Hello, and thank you for joining us on episode number 19 of the Nightly Pleasures podcast. I am your host and the author of the piece you're about to hear tonight. It is going to be a bit of an interesting evening, I hope. Just a little bit of BDSM, if you will indulge me. The original piece before we do get to the questions and then the reading from Hyde's Dungeon is not so much about being a switch so much as involving yourself in what could happen in a dominant relationship. The piece is Stay After Class. Which, of course, led to the local population getting a bigger amount of resources and within a few generations becoming less focused on the central line of authority. And if that didn't bore you enough, you are probably able to leave now. Yes, 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 the droning effects of the professor have left you. Suddenly spirit and youth return to you all, and you are capable of keeping your eyes open and being focused. Who would have thought from mere moments ago, please, please, please leave quickly before the malaise should continue and linger. You. Stay after class. All right, and excellent and well done in every way. Please do the assigned reading. It is assigned, and all you have to do is read. Somebody already gathered all the knowledge and put it into one single useful tome. Surely, surely you can take some time to simply move your eyes left to right over it. Thank you, thank you. It has simply been one of those days already, and the day is already just getting started. Now, we could get into the general nitty-gritty of why I asked you to be here, and how you're going to stay, the back and forth, but I think we both know where this is going, and I would like to skip ahead, because like I said, this is one of those days. I pride myself on giving an education, on being an experience. And frankly, you're an experience that I don't want to forget. And I am an experience that you very, very, very much want to have, and I can give you very tangible benefits to having it on top of that. So let me make it very clear and very direct. There is something in you that I want, just in case the nuance of that didn't quite strike you. There is something inside you that I want. I don't want you, and I don't want your body. I want this flickering light that sometimes makes its way out. Briefly, I might add, like a candle that gets too little oxygen. The flame flickers, but never really stays up at a full roar. I want to stoke that fire. 
I want to make that fire want to come out, and that would make me very happy. Now, the fact that I can simply usher your grades to a higher echelon while making that happen, well, that's just a benefit for you. And the fact that I get to use your body to make it happen is a benefit to me. Don't look away, and don't be all too surprised. Like I said, this is a pretty standard scenario, and we both know what was going to happen from the very moment I asked you to stay, so please don't think me too forward. But, simply put, if you have me as an experience, you'll be better off for it. It's just that simple. Now, what I want you to consider is this. You could tell on me, you could try and get me in trouble, but what have I offered today, and what have I said that makes you think you could get me in any trouble whatsoever? In fact, the best part about you is that you're an average student. Average to the outside world, even though I see what's special inside you. And nobody really gives the average people all that much credence, as I'm sure you're well aware. Oh, but you're not average. You're special. Do you need me to say that again? Hmm. Just come here a little bit closer. You are very, very, very special. I saw it very early on, and I see it still. I see it rolling and boiling to the surface now. Oh, yes, you are hesitant to believe it. Maybe you are one of those kids who thought she was going to get magic powers on her 13th birthday, and when it didn't come along, she just pouted. Or maybe you just never really thought you were all that special to begin with. But deep down inside, you've wanted somebody to say it. You've wanted a man to say it, haven't you? That he thinks you're special, that he finds you such. Oh, this isn't a whisper. Don't get me wrong. I'm as close to your ear as can be my breath, touching your neck, touching your ear, being close and getting closer. But there is no reason to utter no, 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 no. No, my special little bird. There is only a reason to make my voice louder. You are special. There's something in you. I'm not quite sure what it is. But if you let me pull it out of you, bit by bit, inch by inch, I'm sure we'll enjoy it together. I like how you're paralyzed from me. Just silent and still, like a little doll, like a little plaything. And this is why you're really going to enjoy me. Because I could use you, degrade you, have you. And yet, here I am trying to stoke the fire inside. Mm. Say thank you, Professor. <laughs> what a sad state of affairs that you think that would do. 
Do you know why they call it fire, why they've called it fire since the beginning of the human experience? Because it does require that oxygen, that fuel, to keep going. And there's only one person who can provide it. Oh, wouldn't it be so nice if the answer was me? If some man could just stroll into your life and give it to you, and suddenly the fire keeps going and going and going, just like those magical powers you wished you had developed when you were a girl. But no, nobody can make your fire burn. Only you. Only you can keep that flame alive. I'm just here to show you that it's worth it. That it's better to regret something you have done over something you haven't. And that it's better to live with your burning flame than to die not knowing if it's just going to flicker out. This may seem like a lot, but after all, I am simply a man trying to keep his own torch burning, and nothing, and I mean nothing, keeps a man's torch burning like fucking someone like you. Beautiful, radiant, capable, sexy, mm. Fucking you will keep me going for a very, very long time. So I need to know, free, clear, and direct. If you think we have a bargain, if you think we have something that could make this happen, and happen in such a way that you'll enjoy it, that you'll relish it, that you'll drink in the experience, because if not, I don't want to waste my time I certainly don't want to waste yours. This isn't something where at the end you go and take a shower and cry a little and wonder what happened. This is something where you come and you come hard and you roar as you do. And after, sometime after, maybe tonight, maybe in a week, maybe in a month, and maybe sometime much further down the road, you realize you weren't being used at all. You gave someone a spark, and you drank in some of that fire yourself, because that's what keeps us going. People like you and me, those who know that they really are special, and they don't need anybody else to say it, once they have it all figured out at least. Hmm. I wonder which part of this you find the most alluring. The fact that I want you? The fact that I need something inside you? Or the fact that I just think you're so fucking sexy that I'm willing to command you to stay here, give you this entire offer, and just keep fucking you with my eyes? Oh, it's hard for you to even keep your eyes on mine when I talk like that, isn't it? Well, that is a shame, and once again, I'm here to try and make that not be the case as much as possible. You see, you gain so much by simply keeping your eyes on mine when I say something like that. It says that no matter what, you are going to drink from the spring that you want to drink from. <laughs> This is one of those times where I'm very grateful for who I am, 
the kind of man who is strong and assertive without being overbearing, smart but not too smart so as to intimidate you each and every time I open my mouth, but most importantly, authoritative and comfortable, because I know that those two traits right now are what's really warming up what's between your legs. And before you think I'm going to be too alliterative or too gentle, I mean your pussy. I mean the pussy you're going to give me, the pussy I've been thinking about for weeks, and the pussy I know from the very moment I enter is going to keep me warm at night. Oh, yes, it may be a slow start to spring this year, but it will be fire inside you and inside me very, very soon. My favorite part about this position is you sitting down, me standing up, hunched over you like a giant. I like the dichotomy. I like that it shows the difference between our level of strength, because soon... Very soon, and quite poetically, you're going to ascend up those stairs, and you're going to be so much taller than me. <laughs> I'm simply going to pull out my cock now. Mm, I don't feel the need for pretense to you. Now you may think, everything we've suffered through to this point was pretense, but I assure you, it was not. You... And I needed to come to a little bit of an agreement and understanding. And you needed to know that I wanted you. Not some girl, not some girl that needed me to give her something so that she could delude herself at the end of the day. No. I wanted a girl who wanted it. I wanted you. Hmm. Doesn't that just make you stir like my cock? I wanted you. I chose you. And now you are going to give me what I want. Don't stand up. I don't need to growl or bark at you, do I? I don't need to bend you over my lap and call you a schoolgirl. I want this to be pure, true domination. The kind of domination that only happens because we are two people who recognize the shift in power dynamics. You are so much smarter and more capable than you give yourself credit for. Now, give in to your baser instincts and stroke my cock Stroke my cock as I hover over you, as I tower over you. I have dreamed about that touch. Oh, ever since I saw the flicker in your eyes. It is exactly what I wanted. Oh. Base to tip now, slow and easy, we have quite some time. Don't you love it being in this auditorium, being in this lecture hall, 
knowing that someone could come in those double doors at any time. That's what makes you a little fledgling. That's what makes you youth and me experience. Because I know that no one's ever going to come in years and years and years sitting, watching, waiting for a girl like you. Of course, you must wonder how many like you I've decided to take. And my answer to that is only the very lucky ones. <sighs> Not exactly what you get from your boyfriends, is it? I imagine you start stroking their cocks, and their mind rather switches off. But a funny thing about me is that it only gets more engaged. In fact, I wonder just how much the top of my skin is going to be heated up as every neuron is firing when I'm inside you. I can already just imagine just the hint, just the edge of your pussy, and it has me fully fucking hot and hard right in your hand. Don't stroke quicker like you're trying to jerk me off. Don't make the orgasm the end destination. The orgasm is just a pleasant side effect. It's something that rewarded us in our baser form many, many, many generations ago. For you and I, it's about the connection. It's about the knowledge. And that's why my words can make your pussy so wet. Keep your eyes locked on mine as you spread your legs. I want us to look at each other. I want us to look at each other as you spread your legs open wider, wider, wider. Because it is about the connection. I know you felt it looking at me from a distance. And you knew, some part of you knew that I would see you too. Well, now I have. What are you going to do about it? Mm. I want you so badly, even this little motion from your hand is really getting me going. So I want you to bring your second hand up to my cock. Pull the head of it back, open up the shaft and its hole, and just dip your index finger in very gently to get as much of my pre-cum on it as possible. There we are. There we are. Put it in your mouth for me. That's right. I know it's not much but show me that you're going to go ahead and take the cum that I give you. Oh. Mm. You look so goddamn good when you take it for me. Oh. Mm. Just imagine how good I'm going to look when I take it from you. When I finally let you rise, get on that desk on center stage, and fuck you. Oh, yes. You're going to be a vision. 
you are going to be center stage. And I, I am very, very ready for it. Are you? Well, too damn bad. I'm enjoying the power dynamic too much. Keep your non-dominant hand on my cock. I want it to feel a little stimulation, but not too much. And creep your fingers down. Push them into your pussy. I don't want to see it yet. I just want to see the motion. I want to see the shift in your panties beneath the surface. Yes. Yes, that is it exactly. Because, quite simply put, leaving it to the imagination makes it all the more worthwhile for me. Just like you. I know that you are looking at me, and I know you know that I was looking at you, but you can't even imagine what I've thought, how much it turns me on, using you, having you, giving you a tangible benefit for it. Oh, you thought this was just going to be another professor-student cliché fantasy. No. No, I have wanted and wanted and wanted you. Just you. All the girls in all the classes, so many of them trying to get my attention. I wanted you. I jerked off in the shower, in bed at night when I couldn't sleep, thinking of you, your hips, your ass, how your pussy was going to feel, your moaning in my ear. Hmm. I wondered what you would say right as you came all over my cock. Would it be my name? Would it be my position? Or would you simply get lost in it all? That's what I came to, and that's what you're going to goddamn give me. So push those fingers in and out of your pussy faster and faster. You think I need you to come just once today? I don't think so. Not after this build-up. You are going to come for me multiple times. And the first is now. Come on. While stroking my cock with your lazy hand, push those good fingers into your pussy and make it happen. I don't need to call you names. I don't need to growl. I am in control of you. And that control is very simple. It tells you what to do. And you do it. You do it for me. You do it to please me, for the position of power, and to feel that power coursing into you, looking into a man's eyes, holding on to his cock, knowing the authority he has. That is your power. It's just the tip of it, even though you think it's the depth. And I'm going to push that tip into you further, faster, harder. But first, you need to come for me. You need to come for me. You need to come for me, and you need to come for me now. Now. Right this goddamn second. Now. Hmm. Hmm. Not bad. 
At least we know you can follow orders. At least we know you'll give it your all. Don't clench around my cock too tightly. I would hate to bruise you during our first session. Mm. Don't let it wear off too quickly. Bathe in the flame. If you feel shame or doubt or silliness creeping into you, just keep looking into my eyes, stroking my cock nice and slow. Be present. That is the secret of all power. Being present. We will do anything we can to escape a tense situation, make any joke, hope any thought, but being present when it's difficult, it makes us the center of attention. It brings that fire to the surface of our skin, and it makes everyone around us shudder at the warmth. Do not doubt who you are, the power you have. I will keep knocking on that door until you open it. Slide your hand down to my balls and hold them. Do you know the pain you can cause me simply by flicking your wrist, simply by bunching too tightly? The funny thing is, you know and acknowledge that, and yet... Just by walking around with the fire stoked inside you, you are always so much more powerful. You could make any man's heart break if you embraced it, and I want you to embrace it. Don't you understand that I am the ghost of Christmas future yet? This confidence, this arrogance, whatever you want to call it, this is something that you can have at all times, in all ways, unashamed and unabashed in every single way. And you can take it on or off like a nice summer dress. It is nothing. It is simply a facet of you. And you think it's so goddamn alluring well, here's hoping you figure out that it's sexy because you already have it. Because I'm not sure I have enough time or patience to not take my price from you. Now be strong and drink it in. How much you're going to enjoy the fact that from the moment my cock enters you, you are getting something out of it. Oh, it's a sin, isn't it? It's everything a good girl's supposed to not be. And yet, and yet, I know that you want it, and I want to give it to you. The moment my cock goes inside that beautiful pussy of yours, you get a higher grade. Simple as that. Now, I want you to know that you've earned it. This is very, very difficult for a shy little mouse like you, isn't it? This whole situation, and yet you endured 
through your heart beating, through your mind telling you, no, 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 run, run, run. Here it is, the end course already in sight. Stand up. Stand up. Move to the table next to the lectern. That's it. That's it. Don't be afraid. And don't start disrobing. Only my cock out, so only your panties off. You need to learn that domination is point and counterpoint. It's very important. It's very important. Oh, yes. Hmm. Very good. Don't show me what you have unveiled. Just take the panties off. Good. I like that. And I like that you know it. Whatever happens next, just know that you are worth each and every possible consequence. That's how much I want you. That's how much I wanted you. Now, lay on the table. Oh yes, face up. Keep those legs together and just make me work a little to pull them open. Oh, oh yes, I think you're starting to figure it out. It's all about how you are something I have earned as well. Ah, what a good student you are. Mm. Enough. I need to have you. I need to have you or I'll explode all over your pretty little clothes. And we can't have that. God, I can smell your pussy from here. Hmm. Mm. Is just the tip of my cock torture for you as well? Or do you like it, knowing what's to come? Oh, oh I'm going to enjoy consuming the last of your innocence. Oh, I'm going to eat it up like a feast. I'm going to relish it for a very long time because as soon as we cross this line, you'll know that you really do have that fire inside and no man will ever be able to take advantage of you quite like I have ever again. Mm. When you think about it, it's a pretty good trade for you. Don't talk. It's time to render unto Caesar. When you want and want and want something, there's only two possible outcomes. Either it doesn't live up to expectations, 
or it vastly exceeds them. Mm. If you've paid any attention to what I've said today, you damn well better know which it is. Mm. Push back against me as I push into you. Tighten as I try and push you back open. Ah, point and counterpoint, just like you knew it could be. Oh, give me the last of your innocence and let me fill it with the whole of my god-damn-demanding need.
everything I dreamed you would be, and more, and better. And just like that, it's done. Soon, very soon, you will realize that you exchanged something, that you got a better grade, sure, but that you gave me your innocence just to make you a little bit stronger, hotter, to feed the flame inside. And with the fanning of that flame, I so dearly, dearly hope that I awoke something in you, just like you've awoken something in me. Oh. Mm. And if not, we'll just have to do it again, now won't we? And I do hope you enjoyed that piece. Once again, that was Stay After Class. I almost called it Yes Professor, but then we just did Yes Boss. And as I've said before many times, I'm just not great with titles. Coming up now, it is... See, I almost did a baby news thing there. Whoops. Coming up now, it is going to go ahead and be question answer time. I missed it. I know you did as well. Let's get right into it. First question is by Mogster. Hi, Jack. Hello. I've got um, two questions. Right. Um, the first one is, do you have a favourite book? And if so, what is it and why? Um, I'm going to assume that that's where that ends. I tell everyone my favourite book is A Hundred Years of Solitude because I want to be literate and astute. And indeed, I loved it and it made me cry. And uh, I'm, I'm a very slow reader due to my dyslexia. So when I got it... I, it took about three days of reading, but that was it. It was just uh, bed, uh, ranch chores, and uh, food reading that book, nothing else, and uh, it was amazing. My actual favorite book is called Jaguar by Luke Duran because it involves train chases, slow-speed train chases, and hunting with communist icons, and other really cool stuff besides being super well-written. And, uh, yeah, it's like, a, it's like a Jason Bourne, except what if you were, like, if Jason Bourne wasn't a superhero. Uh, it's, a, it's an amazing story. I'm smiling just thinking about it. Okay. Um, and my second question is, what's your greatest achievement? <laughs> but you can't include throwing a fridge. Um, I just wanted to say as well, I hope you're feeling better. Thank you. Thank you. I am feeling better. I, I said to a friend recently, it's like Zeno's wellness. Uh, if you don't know Zeno's paradox, feel free to look that up. But I'm just, I'm always a little bit more well, but I'm not cured. It just, it feels like it's getting 
ah, but I'm, I'm, I'm well enough to do this and read and start applying for new uh, book jobs and etc. So uh, I am feeling better. Thank you very much. My greatest accomplish accomplishment that's not a feat of strength. Well, we've really limited it since I'm essentially a tiny, tiny, tiny little brain inside a giant body. Um... And I'm, I'm assuming Grey Knight stuff doesn't count either. I mean, I guess writing a book at 17 is pretty cool, right? Like actually finishing it and getting to the end and everything. That's not bad, right? Yeah, we'll go with that. Okay, next up we have a question from Liz. Hi, Jack. Hello. It's Liz again. So I just want to start off by saying thank you so much for everything you do You're and welcome. for helping me uh, in whatever indirect way that you have get through this uh, horrible, crazy time in my life. I uh, really, really appreciate it. And so my question is about tattoos. Okay. So I just got a new tattoo. It's my very first one, and it's a memorial tattoo. Um, it's pretty simple. Um, it's on my blog if anybody wants to look at it. Um, but I was wondering, uh, what do you think about tattoos, and do you have any? Do you have a problem with them? Or, you know, just expound on that concept. Thanks. I hope you have a great day and um, can't wait to hear more from you. And congratulations on Spotify. And I'm glad you're feeling better. Bye. Bye and thank you so much. And of course, I'm very sorry for your very turbulent time. You're doing so well with it. At least that's how it appears from the outside. So keep on keeping on. Um, I have no problems with tattoos. I do have ink myself. I'm not going to tell you where it's located or what it is because it's super hyper-specific, and it could absolutely identify me. So until I come out of the closet, the tattoo stays with me. Uh, but no, absolutely not. I don't have any issue with a woman who has tattoos. Now, that being said, facial tattoos are a no-go. Uh, maybe it's just my personal bias, but so far, every person, regardless of their equipment, uh, if they've had a facial tattoo, they're like, just a little... I, I'm, an, I'm a heavy introvert, and therefore I can't give someone too much attention. And so far, facial tattoo people have required more than I could give in short settings. I'll put it that way. So, just throwing that out there. Next up, a question from Allison. Maybe. Hello. Yes, Allison. She is very quiet. We're going to turn her up, pause her. And restart that. Allison here. Hello, yes, Allison. Allison, not Halloweenia. Uh, that name was from my wow days, so you can <laughs> call me Allison, that's fine. Um, I've got a couple more questions. Alrighty. Thanks to your last piece, Deluge. Totally changing how I say that now because Deluge sounds so much better than Deluge. It does. It's accent. Agreed. Anyway, two questions. Uh, first question. Your honest opinion on the institution of marriage and all that comes with it. Uh, second question. Whoa, okay, I didn't expect it to end so quickly there. Uh, my honest uh, period, uh, ah, blah, blah, blah. my honest interpretation of marriage is I think marriage is great. Um, I would love to get married one day. Honest, honest to goodness. Uh, I'm not going to get too into it, as you could probably imagine, but I have proposed. And the woman was smart enough to realize that I it wasn't going to work out, so she didn't accept. But uh, I meant it sincerely at the time. 
and thankfully it didn't happen because of her quick-wittedness. But yeah, I would love to be married. I would love to be a Mr. Somebody and have a Mrs. And uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'd call myself Hubby Bubby all the time. Okay, so Nicholas Sparks. Kind of a cliche douche, but The Notebook, (laughs) please tell me you don't completely hate it. I must admit, I was prone to like it as a secondary protagonist is a redhead by the name of Ali. <laughs> anyway, glad you're on the mend, and I hope you demand a lot less of yourself for April. Mwah. Oh, thank you so much, but I demand more of myself for April, because I'm not sick, or as sick this month, so very sweet of you, but more, more, more. Um, I don't, I don't hate The Notebook, but as a writer, as a writer... Uh, I've talked about my love of Mystery Science Theater 3000, and one of my favorite sketches that they do on that show is they mocked a play, a very romantic play, that was popular at the time where people read letters. And the way that they mocked it is by having, instead of it being very romantic, the letters being these sarcastic little robots that are on the show. It makes sense if you watch it. It doesn't if you don't. (laughs) It just sounds insane. But at one point, one of the robots essentially says, like, isn't it so amazing that this is a best-selling play and all we do is read off pieces of paper to each other in the darkness? Um, when I look at something like The Notebook, where, where he just went, oh, I'm just going to take these, these great moments because I can't write anything else, as proven by the rest of his library, and string them together and women will fall in love with it. Uh, I'm like, of course, of course you did that. Of course... Um, but he got lucky. He's not great. There's some people who get great, and I'm going to continue beating this drum. I had no problem with Nicholas Sparks up until a few years ago when he said that he was the undisputed master of drama and that people like Cormac McCarthy, who I love, write melodrama. But if you want the best drama writer today, it's it's him, Nicholas Sparks. And there's a whole interview where he comes off, and I'm like, no. And now, now I've declared war on, on him. Uh, ever since then, I'm like, you don't get to call yourself the undisputed master of anything. Anything. I'm not the undisputed master in my own house. Sometimes the cat will jump on my head in such a way that for a minute or two, she's the boss. You're not the undisputed master of anything, much less an art form. Come on now. All right, so no, I don't, I don't hate the Notebook, but uh, could any, could just about anybody have done it? Yeah, absolutely. And after breaking hearts, it's on to the next question by Isa. Hey, Isa. Jack. Um, I hope you're feeling better because I feel so terrible that you're sick. <laughs> I'm just getting better as now my favorite person is getting sick. Oh. <laughs> but now I have three questions for you. Okay. One, what inspired you to write? And with that, when did you start writing? What inspired me to write? Um, I think I've told the story about being in third grade and writing and how it was just always inherent to me. So I'll tell, I guess, a different story about writing for the podcast. And that is somewhere around 14, I realized that I could be a god if I wrote. Like, it takes God six days in the Bible to make the universe, and I could make something whenever I wanted it. And I got to start channeling feelings in the most basic way, the most rudimentary way, when you start beginning writing fiction. Um, 
it's really easy to write saving the world. It's really difficult to write having a conversation where somebody's opinion changes. And so somewhere around 14, 15, when I was in the height of my deepest depression and my most self-loathing, I started to write and write. Writing eased the pain. It eased the pain. That power and that control eased the pain. And everything I've written in that period that I've come across since, oh, so cringeworthy. Yes, I think I will show some of it someday, but woof. All right, continuing on. Um, two, what is your feeling on making forts? <laughs> and I would absolutely make a pillow fort with you and absolutely fuck you in it. And three, do you like hot chocolate? Or tea better, because I need to know. This is important. Uh, All right. See you later, Jack. Love you. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, I know I'm supposed to say hot chocolate, but I'm a tea man. I just, I finish tea, and when I start mixing this together for the podcast episode itself, uh, I'll be drinking tea while I'm doing that. And then sometime later tonight, I'll get non-caffeinated tea and drink that. I love tea. Uh, the elemental cup of pure joy uh is my is my jam for that reason okay next up we have therese hi jack this Hello. is cashman knit i hope you're well i'm well i have a couple questions for you first well last time in la the last podcast you mentioned that you lived abroad in copenhagen and i wanted to know if you experienced any culture shocks while living abroad um not necessarily in Copenhagen, but anywhere else. And I'm going to assume the question is there. Two pieces of culture shock. One, Denmark. They let babies be free roam. They will they will take the baby to a shop or something in the stroller and just leave it outside, park it next to other babies sometimes, and everyone's okay with that. There's just free-range babies in Denmark, and it's insane. Two, Vienna. They put pancakes in soups. And you have to, you have to be very stalwart if you don't want pancakes in your soup, because in Vienna, and somebody from from that area from Austria, back me up, they put pancakes in your soup. You're just sitting there, you're enjoying your soup. It's a salty, it's whatever. Some guy comes along, boom, throws a pancake in it. Happened time after time. So eventually, I was like, don't throw pancakes in my soup. Don't throw, don't put that little piece of circular dough in my soup. No, 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 no. I don't want that. No, please don't. And they'd be like, oh, of course, of course, of course. And then at the end, boop, pancake in the soup. And they'd be like, oh, oh, what are you going to do? We don't have a culture of refunds here. Here's your pancake in your soup. Uh, for, for real and for true, I was eating soup. I asked for no whatever it was. I can't remember the term for it, but it's a pancake. To be thrown in the soup, they're like, yeah, absolutely. And then halfway through my soup, I went. I, go, I went to the bathroom. I went to the restroom. I came back, pancake in the soup. Pancake in the soup, true story. Somebody was just walking along in that restaurant and went, oh, a soup without a pancake? I'm going to fix that. Duh. Next question. Secondly, I wanted to ask when you started writing erotica. What age? <laughs> oh, no. what prompted you to write in that specific genre? Oh, no. Thank you. Oh, well, this connects so perfectly to the last answer I gave. Oh, my face is red. I started writing it 
at 14 uh, to take control. Oh, this is the most embarrassing thing I've answered on this show to date for certain. Um, I wrote a story that was essentially, it was untitled. I I was as bad at titles then as I am now, but let's just call it like Sex Day. And the entire premise was that all of my periods, I was going to have sex with the cutest girl in that period. Oh, man. And so I distinctly remember my first period was algebra because nothing beats waking up at 6.30 and doing math. Uh, and, And there was a girl in there with a ponytail which inspired the story. I wrote the story throughout the day. And I changed algebra to algebra, right? Because of breasts. And why did I write it? Because I was a horny little fugly monkey that nobody wanted to touch or be with. And I was super shy. And I had not hugged a woman at that point at age 14 in my life. And that's true. So that's why I wrote it. And that's the age. And I, uh, and, uh, I hate you for asking that question. Okay, coming up next, Touch of Crass. Hi, Jack. Hello. My name is Jen, a.k.a. Touch of Crass on Tumblr. Hi. I have um, asked you a few questions on the blog in the past, but never any audio ones. So please excuse my nervousness and rambling. You'll be great. I just have two really quick kind of silly questions. Okay. Um, First one, the baseball season just started this week. (laughs) I'm kind of excited about it because I do enjoy going to baseball games. I don't like to watch them on TV so much because they're so boring on TV. But, um... Just wondered if there's any sports that you enjoyed watching. Um, football, baseball, tennis, ping pong, or not at all. And I like how the one that I, the only one that I like was not on there. Basketball. Uh, we just finished March Madness. I like March Madness. Uh, I like it a lot. I don't like professional basketball, but I like March Madness. Second question. And uh, my second question you mentioned you want to learn how to cook, mm-hmm. but I seem to remember, recall that you, um, you know your way around a breakfast burrito. Yes, I do. <laughs> so I'm just wondering if you're looking to like expand your repertoire beyond that, or if there's a certain cuisine or dishes that you wanted to learn how to make. Um, I think that's all I got. So thank you. Have a great night and a good weekend. Oh, have a great night. Oh, I'll be using that later. Uh, Thank you very much for the questions. Uh, I can cook basic stuff, especially if a crock pot is involved. I used to be pretty good at baking. That has atrophied. I have not made homemade bread in years, and I need to get back into it. Uh, But I want to cook cook. I would be able to cook a lot of dishes in a lot of ways. No particular cuisine style. Um, But my desire to cook is not to, like... I mean, I probably have 25 to 50 good recipes that I could do right now uh, that I'm comfortable with. But I want to be able to, like, cook, to know the mechanics of it, to know what's really happening, to really use a knife very well, etc. So that no matter what, like, no matter what, I'll be like, oh, that's right. I can cook. Just like that. Did it surprise you that I said it like a superhero? Because it sure sure as shit surprised me. That's how you can tell I'm better at sudden superhero singing. First question. Oh, no. Too quick. First question from Rosa. 
Hey, Jack. Hello, Rosa. How are you? I'm well. I hope you're feeling a lot better from last so week. Better, I'm quite ill myself, which is why no. I sound kind of nasally and like an old lady. <laughs> um, I was uh, curious about Miss Kitty. Um, somebody's probably already probably already asked you, but um, what breed of cat is she and uh, how old is she? Uh, Miss Kitty is a mutt. She looks quite a bit like a tabby, uh, but she she's some American short hair mutt hybrid uh, with the coloring of a tabby. She is nine years old, and uh, I'm starting to realize, like, oh, mortality is creeping in. It's a very sad thing to say on a sex podcast, but try and be honest. Question number two from Rosa. This is quite taboo for some people, so... um. Discretion advised for anyone who oh has weak constitutions, Uh-oh. but what are your thoughts on period sex? Because oh. unfortunately for some of us ladies, not all of us, we are at our horniest during that time of the month. Oh, when you said taboo, I was like, uh-oh, taboo with a foreign accent. <laughs> this is going to get freaky. I have no problem with period sex, but if if I've had partners go both ways, didn't care at all, uh, needed it, and and did not want to have it, all are fine. All are fine. Um, I've got no problem with it. Uh, I just, like, it's just, it's gotta, we've gotta have a shower after available. That's all there is to it uh, for me for, for that. It's basic mechanics of being with a woman, and I always give kind of a stink eye to guys who are like, ugh, about that kind of thing. It's just so basic. It's just such a basic part of being alive. And next up, question number three from Rosa. All right. I've been wondering this for quite a while Uh now because this is just something I can't really wrap my head around when it comes to male... You know, the male sex drive and that sort of thing. I got nothing against it, but <laughs> I just, mm-hmm. I don't really understand it. Um, could you explain in your best words from a male perspective? I've got the best words. Why, why it's so fascinating for them to, um, for you guys to like want to come on like our tits or our face mm. or, or, <laughs> Something like that, you know, you know what I mean. I just, I just don't understand it. And I'm trying to figure out what the psychology behind it is. I mean, I can't speak for every guy. So that's the disclaimer. Uh, why, why is it so much fun to, to come on a woman as opposed to insider? Short answer, uh, because it shows that we run that. It shows that, that we like we have something that comes out of us, and if we can put that both in and on you, you're kind of saying that you're ours, that it's super hot, at least in the moment. Uh, even for the big commitment of phobes, I think that's probably generally true. Uh, I know that I'm kind of super about it. Uh, yeah, it's because I own you if I come on your face. Especially, like, if I have your hair bunched up in one of my hands. That may be the sexiest answer after the silliest all-in-one podcast. My gosh. Question time is back, baby. 
All right, next question from Tangled Iridescence. Thank you to Rosa for those three questions. Hey, Jack, I have two questions for you today. All righty. Um, my first is, what is something a woman does that you find sensual or attractive without her realizing? Um, like putting makeup on or doing her hair or, or anything like that. And I'm like, well, it's definitely not putting makeup on because it's so calculated. It's so, there's, there's such, there's such an intense death stare going on in that mirror. Uh, I know, I, I know that you asked what is attractive. Uh, but it's just, it's just like watching a woman do a jigsaw puzzle. It's just, it's too, there's too much, there's just, it's not fun because it's not spontaneous. Um, what's something a woman does? So I don't have a foot fetish. In fact, I have kind of a foot anti-fetish, as I've mentioned before. But when a woman, like, bounces her foot because she's impatient or just, like, maybe bounces a little bit in general uh, because it's she's got nervous energy or something, that is always a pretty big turn-on to me. Uh, just just the nervous energy just being expended. I'm always like, mm-hmm, 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 keep going, mm-hmm. Next question. My second question is what is a part of of your physical self that you find most attractive or that you're most proud of. I'm not sure if that's been asked before. Um, but yeah, have a great week. Well, thank you very much. And what, what sweet questions. I kind of super love parts of my upper body. Not so much my tum-tum these days, but working on it. Uh, but my upper arms and my back are like really big and strong. And, uh, <laughs> uh, I will say the last partner I was with was like grabbing my upper arm going like, oh my God, it's so big. It's so strong. Gosh, I love it when you flex. And I, and I, <laughs> I swear, <laughs> see, that's my hubris choking on me. Um, and I swear to you, I was totally relaxed. And I went, baby, that's not flexing this is while her hands were still around me like grabbing me and i flexed and she was like oh <laughs> oh she, she oh oh my god it's growing in my hand oh it's a good moment all right up next we have a question from i'm going to pronounce it avery Hi, Jack. This is Ave, the typography person. It's my first time doing a voice question, and my question is what kind of artist or art style or art period do you enjoy the most? Hopefully this will give me a little bit of insight into what you'd want from a logo, even if it's subtle. Even if it's Aww. subtle, I still would be able to work it in there. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, we haven't used the logo. You haven't seen what she submitted yet because I haven't had something to use it for. Uh, but that particular user has submitted a couple of really great pieces of art. So I've said before, my favorite is Impressionism. Um, but to go beyond that, I really like some of the darker uh, throwback to... You can tell I haven't studied art history. Throwback to medieval art history like James Enzer... Uh, you know, post-Renaissance, but going back to that medieval stuff where there's literally a cast of a hundred different people 
uh, in the painting, and none of them are super defined, and all of them are doing their own thing. I really quite like that period as well, since I have mentioned Impressionism, my favorite. Thank you again for both the art submission and everything else. Ave, I guess we'll call you Ave, like we say to Caesar. To Kaiser, apparently, what all the kids are telling me. I'm old. All right, next up we have Willow. Hey, Jack. Hello. It's um, Willow Ty here, and I was um, actually have two questions for you today. Okay. Um, first one is, it's not too personal. How did you find out about BDSM? And if so, how did you find out you, you know, you mentioned it? Um, that's the first question. Okay, first question. How did I find out about BDSM? It was sprung on me. It was sprung on me when I was but a lad. Uh, there was an internet back then, and there was porn on the internet back then, but I didn't really venture too much into visual porn. As I've mentioned before, I'm not a visual person. So I was on Literotica, because it was back around back then, and there was another story site that has since failed. And... There would be, like, tying up and stuff, but there wasn't a BDSM... I mean, the BDSM category was there, but I was there to read the top hits of the day, you know? I was a frequent customer, and... <coughs> excuse me. Just like uh, now, BDSM is never at the top of the list. I know that that sounds nuts, like, with Fifty Shades of Grey and stuff like that out there. BDSM never tops the top of those lists. It's always incest or group sex or gay sex. Uh, it's always one of those. So I found out about BDSM, and I enjoyed BDSM because one night I was kissing a, a hot little chica, and she said, hey, can I tie up your hands? And I was like, yes! I did, I did. I went full scooby. Yeah, absolutely. Tie up my hands. <laughs> and I, I was just that excited that we got into it. Um, and it was super, super fun, and, and eventually... Uh, I think I've told the story before in the podcast. Uh, eventually, I tied her up. I was like, "Oh, wow! All right, we got a we got a whole thing here, huh?" All right, next question. First question. Uh, second question is: um, Do you like Star Wars? <laughs> if so, like on a scale of one to ten, how much of a fan would you rate yourself as? Ten being like super, super, super. Like I have every figure, or not being into people because I'm a huge fan of Star Wars too. But, and one being, like, I do not like the show at all, the series. Um, not really a question, but um, a thank you to you for doing all this great work, because a lot of us ladies appreciate you, trust me. And we enjoy everything you do. And I wanted to say thanks, and keep up the good work, and hope you get over this sickness you're having. Thank you. Oh, it stopped there. Uh, thank you for all the well wishes and everything. Um, gosh, all right, I'm going to put myself at like a solid six as a Star Wars fan. So I don't like large swaths of Star Wars. Uh, I like A New Hope, and I really like The Empire Strikes Back, and I loved the newest one. Uh, Empire's still a better movie, but the new one had so many plates to spin, and it spun them all so well, and... Like, I, I legit was embarrassed at how much I enjoyed it, because it got me twice. And I, I feel like a Star Wars should not get me as a writer, but it got me twice. It was it, twice. I was like, ah, that's clever. I walked out of that 
movie just in love for about a month. Anytime I heard the word traitor, I this is this is spoiler free. Every time I heard the word traitor, I was like traitor. That movie made me love the word traitor. Uh, yeah, it's a fun. The new one's fun. Uh, as of today, literally this morning, there's a new trailer out for the movie. Um. <clears throat> uh, the new the new Star Wars movie that'll be out this December, and I, I was heartbroken. I had to stop it, so I haven't seen it. I thought the girl from Orphan Black. I can't remember her name, nor could I pronounce it if I knew it. But she's so good, she's so good. And I had heard quite some time ago that she was going to be starring in this one. So when they showed somebody else, I went. Oh, and my heart broke, and I hit pause, and I haven't watched it as of yet, because I just got home to record this for you guys. Um, <clears throat> but I'm sure I'll get over it. I just, I thought it was her. And I want her to have something that financially successful as an actress, because God, has she earned it after Orphan Black. Holy shit. I want her to have something that pays her $5 million. Um, yeah, so... Uh, Obviously, the, the first three movies can go fuck themselves. They are awful in every single way. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> they are a disgrace to the talent that was in them, and I'm still a little bit irritated. Uh, and then Return of the Jedi. Uh, it's very funny. So everybody has this, these critiques of the newest Star Wars, again, spoiler free, that it's too much like A New Hope. And so funny, because I think Return of the Jedi is just this weird rehashing of A New Hope. Uh, and I think the new one is great because it had to fuse two worlds together and it did it pretty damn well. Uh, it did it a lot better than I thought. And of course, I like J.J. Abrams and I like his style. He has very human characters. Um, and out of the world casting, because I'm going to just say the guy that they got to play Finn I'd only seen him in one previous movie, and I was totally unimpressed. And he was so good and so much fun as Finn. So, yeah, that's my Star Wars rant. After I made you all so, 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 so turned on, pretty sure that turned you all the way off. Final series of questions from longtime superfan Wench of the Scullery. Hey, Jack. Hello. What a... What a wild ride lately. Right. Congratulations on completing so many of these quests. It's Thank been you. very exciting to watch. Aww. I had three questions for you, and I have to preface them like that because I can't record without doing it that okay. way. Okay. I did try. It's okay. It's okay. Um, it's okay. There's an author question, one about <laughs> food again, and then just one about life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause it right there. So I don't hear the questions before I answer them. I do this off the cuff. That's why you get Scooby voices and coughs, etc. Uh, the fact that she's warning me what the categories are, like this is Jeopardy, I'm a little bit nervous. About life. First off, I was thinking about Cowboy Jack, since he's one of your most memorable <laughs> characters. Is he, is he based on a kind of fictionalized version of you, or... Or is there someone you have in mind when you uh, record about him? Or was it sort of an amalgamation of people you knew from working on the ranch? And then secondly... Uh, so Cowboy Jack, I haven't done one in a while because Cowboy Jack <clears throat> are 100% improv pieces. And I just, I haven't... Winter was dull and gray. I'm sure Cowboy Jack will be popping up soon. Um, 
but is he he is kind of an amalgamation. So he's an amalgamation of my experiences, things that I do and I know. Uh, I, I swear to you, I didn't look up that ropes were called lariats and not lassoes. Uh, that's knowledge that I had before walking into it. He is, a part of him is based upon somebody I knew growing up who always did affirmations twice, who always said, yes, it is, yes, it is. Yes, it is, yes, it is. Never, never negative twice, only affirmation twice. So I did steal that little tick. Uh, do I have somebody in mind? No, because I'm always thinking about the woman uh, when I when I record the audio, the woman that I'm speaking to, the audience member, you, uh, so that I can try and weave into the story stuff like, I'm doing this to you, I'm this close to you, etc. And so that's where all my mental energy is. Uh, either that's super impressive to you, or it just totally turns you off, Cowboy Jack. One of the two. Next question. You'd mentioned wanting to cook more again. Oh and my. When you're in that groove, do you mostly prepare things as you go, like each night? Or are you the kind of person that does a whole bunch of stuff in advance and freezes for later use? No, no, no. And All right, so no, absolutely not. Uh, I have been that person in the past, but it gets tedious. No, what I will do these days, though, and I just got done with a three-day run of it, is I'll make a crock-pot meal that I can have for three days in a row. And I just, I just did a big old chuck roast with potatoes, uh, carrots, homemade gravy with cornstarch, and everything else. Oh, no, I'm lying. I didn't do it with cornstarch. I wanted to, but then I bought a packet last minute. See? Don't want to lie to you guys. I want to be honest about my cooking prowess. I did buy kind of packaged gravy. But other than that, everything was uh, done myself. And then, yeah, I mean, I make my health shake every day, so that can't be done in advance. Uh, health shake is just kale, radish, tomato, water, and uh, lately, uh, a kind of pepper, because it's been on sale and looks really verdant and green. Uh, final question from Winch of the Scullery. The third question kind of ties into that. You talk about not being very organized, uh, and it always astonishes me how thoroughly you've thought through everything and that your backup plans seem to have their own backup plans. Um, I just wanted to ask, were you always a planner, even as a little guy, when you were a kid? Uh, or is it something that's been a more recent development? Because I have this vision of walls in your apartment covered with giant flowcharts of what you're going to do next. Um, regardless of how you do it, it's, it's again, been great to watch. And uh, I wish you all the best. Take oh, care. Oh, thank you. No flowcharts on my walls. Uh, occasionally, there's... Uh... There's a Word document that's up saying do this, 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 and this in this order, uh, but generally speaking, not. So I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I think creative people have a screw loose, and that's that, that little bit of madness is where our creativity comes from, that little extra bit of imagination that goes into everything. But I am not the most clean person. I have to force myself to clean frequently, uh, and I'm certainly very disorganized. Some people have a junk drawer. I have a drawer that's not junk. The rest are junk drawers. And I know where everything is, which is why it's not all categorized. I can find anything I'm looking for fairly quickly. Um, but man, there is nothing There is nothing really organized about me or my life, which is why I suppose uh, I come to you with plans. Now, now, let's get into it. Why does it seem like my backup plans have backup plans? Because my backup plans have backup plans. It's Occam's razor, baby. 
uh, be- because when I come to you with something, that's organized. These, these, I think it's pretty fair to say at this point in the question answer segment. Just today, uh, I'm riffing it, man. You could you could probably tell this is all catching me off guard, and uh, I just I give it I give you back what's in the moment, etc. When I come to you with a battle plan, or when I come to you with a plea, it's well thought out. It's organized. It's structure. It's thought. Um, same with stories and everything else. There's a whole process there. So, uh, if you are a creative, and you are looking to become more creative in whatever art, John Cleese, John Cleese lecture on creativity. I've recommended it before. I can't recommend it enough. Instead of trying to make creativity this mystical thing that some people have and some people don't, he gives the best explanation on what creativity is to him and how to become more creative. And I think it's brilliant. I watch it about once a year, maybe more, when I need a little pep talk because it reminds me that creativity is this process. It looks like magic from the outside. It looks like magic because a part of it is magic. The imagination creation spark is magic, but it's also 1% of the game, like Edison said. It's, <clears throat> it's such a little part. And so to make the rest spring from that is, is, is rote and process and muscle. And uh, if you're creative, I understand that that can sound daunting, damaging, draining, and other D words as well. Uh, yeah, boy, this question segment went on quite a while, but, you know, it's making up for two weeks. So I do feel better. Thank you for all the well wishes, both everybody who said it and who didn't. Thank you to all the first-timers putting up a question today. I know it can be intimidating. And, of course, thank you to all the repeat questioners as well. Makes me feel good that there were lots of questions. Uh, I enjoyed it. I missed it. Thank you for, for putting up with me while I was sick. Uh, I have not had any cough medication today, and you heard my two little flare-ups while talking for however many minutes this is straight. Uh, so I'm definitely getting a whole lot better Zeno's health paradox, be damned. Uh, That should just about do it for us today. You can, of course, pick up any of my books on Audible or iTunes. If you're a super fan, and if you listen this far, you're probably a super fan, you could always just hit me up on my Tumblr, greatnighterotica.com, or greatnighterotica.tumblr.com, whoops. And then just send me a little message saying, I would like a code for this book. I will send you a code back in all likelihood if you hit me up like that, especially if you had a please, maybe a smiley face. Don't put a winky face because then I'm like, do you really mean it? Because a wink can mean something flirtatious, but it can also denote irony. So uh, go ahead and send me something like that. All the books are up. Speaking of all the books that are up, this podcast was brought to you by Hyde's Dungeon, and you're about to hear Chapter 2 exclusive you can't hear anywhere else on the interwebs. It's going to be in right. Wait for it. Wait for it. A now. Chapter 2. The reality of the situation didn't bother him. He always knew his father was a greater-than-average pervert. Alphonse assumed his perversion made him into a more capable dictator. He thought he had to become just as deviant to succeed. It was a relief to know the truth. His father, merely being a pervert, 
was the best thing to happen to him. Didn't everyone watch similarly debauched stuff online anyway? His father's status just allowed him to arrange for live shows. He thought back to what he'd seen. It was cruel to torture those men, just not as cruel as he'd presumed. The first man had rubbed his head against Hyde when he was lifted onto the hoist. Yes, he'd looked drugged. The small man was in the throes of ecstasy through the whole ordeal. He wanted Hyde to touch him. Several times, Hyde obliged him, gliding his hands over his flanks and bare chest. The man's moans became low then. Alphonse's eyes closed. If only Hyde had kissed him, then he would have realized what was really going on. No, he supposed more tenderness would not have been appropriate. That was clear with the second man, who was larger than the first and lucid enough to be belligerent. Alphonse kept wishing he'd be silent. The first man had been treated gently compared to him. He was only urging Hyde to even greater extremes. Perhaps that had been what the man wanted. Alphonse blinked a few times. The second man had enjoyed his torture. He placed his hand over his eyes and groaned. What an idiot he'd been. He thought he was proving to his father he could be twisted. Instead, he forced his father to share his pornography with him. His foolishness made him laugh now. Of course Hyde saw him as a child. He'd been so confused. The memory of Hyde, engrossed in the dungeon, became vivid to Alphonse. His mirth and enthusiasm was what had confirmed to him that he was the epitome of evil. What was Hyde in reality? Why was he so skilled at manipulating men's bodies? Alphonse's cock lurched. He winced. He hadn't considered Hyde a homosexual, just a sadist. Now, he wondered. Bits of their conversation drifted back to him. His cock began to strain. Hyde had wanted to take him down into the dungeon. He would have done to him what he had done to the first man, the one who'd been more obliging. Except, if he submitted, Hyde would be especially gentle, wouldn't he? He'd caress him and kiss his mouth. Ugh. Alphonse's body curled up. His cock was painfully stiff and fighting against the fabric of his pants. What was wrong with him? He'd always been fascinated by Hyde. The rumors of what he did had bubbled up for years. The unknown was even more insidious to him than the known. He imagined Hyde as the greatest evil there could ever be. And yet, the man was handsome, civilized, and doted on him. Alphonse got his cock out of his pants. He wasn't going to acknowledge exactly what he masturbated to, but he had to do something. His testicles were starting to ache. He yanked at his cock 
and let his thoughts go wherever they needed to. Bound on Hyde's hoist, his cock and ass obscenely exposed, Hyde's arcane tools sealed to his flesh, making him twitch and writhe. Alphonse's cock convulsed in his hand. He pumped out thick rivulets of sperm while his stomach muscles cramped. He let his spent organ fall free from his hand. As his breath steadied, he wondered, why? And then he wondered, why not? <laughs>